The Rams have a very scary duo of wide receivers, but fortunately, the Cowboys are well-equipped to handle them. We'll get into why. Let's go. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, do me a favor and hit the like button as you join the stream. I'm excited about this game and I'm excited about this show because the Rams are low-key good. I'm not sure that we expected them to be entering this season. And I think the Cowboys have themselves a fun game ahead. And uh, the reason why is that I believe that Sean McVay is back. And I know that the Rams just lost versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I it might be weird timing for me to be saying all of this. But I will say that we're seeing a Rams team that, although it lost, it did leave seven points on the board. More specifically, Brett Maher did two field goals and one extra point missed. He was released by the Rams, so some of Cowboys fans will be interested in that, I guess. They had some unfortunate turnovers. They had some dumb defensive penalties, including a 12th defensive man on the field that cost them the game. And... I'm not trying to do any lip service for the Rams, but I'm saying that I'm excited about this ball game because I think that the Cowboys defense is going to be facing a good play caller in McVay and a very good quarterback in Matthew Stafford and a very scary, a spooky, whatever you want to call them, duo of wide receivers. And I'm talking about Cooper Cup, who you all know by now. If you follow the NFL, you know who Cooper Cup is. Uh, obviously dealing with an injury at the beginning of the year. Since then, though, has been back strongly because he has three games played and his numbers for each of those games, 29 yards just uh, versus the Steelers. Uh, not a dump, excuse me, a bad game against them. Two catches and seven targets. Two previous games, though, 118 yards versus the Eagles, 148 yards versus the Cardinals. So now the Cowboys have a chance of shutting him down, but they also need to worry about Puka Nakwa, who is obviously one of the hottest rookies in the NFL this season. And Puka has been dealing some damage on the outside, on the inside. And I think it's a fun game just because of that. Like it's going to be fun to see how the Cowboys figure out this particular problem and I have a theory of why they are very well equipped to do it and why they will do it on Sunday. So before we get into that theory though, let me say hi in the chat. We've got a lot of people tuning in. Thank you so much. Shout out to the Facebook audience, the YouTube audience, and also shout out to the podcast audience who listens to the show after the stream is over on on, on Spotify, iTunes, Wherever you get your podcasts, I appreciate you as much as I appreciate the live and the video audience. We've got Gregory. We've got Toxic on the sh- on the chat. We've got Katharina. We've got Cheryl. We've got Brett, Ines. Toxic says it's a week-to-week league. 
They, like us, versus the Cardinals, beat themselves versus the Steelers. And yeah, it is a week-to-week -week league, and I appreciate that we are accepting that a little bit, for, uh, little by little. Shout out to Peter Rizzo, says hello, Cowboys and Mo. Uh, Ronnie says hello, Mo, from Pottsville, Arkansas, from a long-time fan of the Cowboys. Shout out to Thomas Frank, who is bringing some much-needed possibility. Uh, positivity into the chat. He says, you are so annoying. And then he says, losers. He's not only lashing out at me, he's lashing out at the world. He's calling everybody losers. Thomas is having such a fun Wednesday night. Shout out to Siddiqa. Hi, Cowboys Nation. Shout out to everyone who is here on the show tonight. Let's talk about Cooper Cup and the Rams, man. They are back in that sense. Uh, Cooper Cup and Pukanakwa rank in the top seven in the NFL in yards per route run. is fifth best in the league among qualifying wide receivers. Puka is seventh through eight, uh, through seven weeks, excuse me, of the 2023 NFL season. It gets a little bit more interesting, though, when you break that down. This is the wrong picture. I am, I am just... Messing up the graphics right now. I apologize for that. It is interesting where you break it down a little bit more. Because if you look at yards per route run for the Rams wide receivers seven weeks into the year, Cooper Cup and Puka have been absolutely destroying zone coverages this year. You've got Cooper Cup as the fourth best wideout in the NFL versus zone. And you get Puka Nakua as the fifth best wide receiver in the league. You want to talk about a drop-off versus man coverage. Cooper Cup drops down to 59th in the NFL, and Puka goes down to 30th in the league. And again, these are qualifying wide receivers in terms of snaps played. So players that have played like a bunch of snaps, like three or five or whatever, they are not in these rankings. But you can see the drop-off there for the Rams' offense, honestly, because I don't think that it's that Cooper Cup struggles versus man. That would be dumb to say. But maybe the Rams' offense as a whole does not do as well versus man coverage. And there might be a lot of reasons for that. We'll get into that. But mostly, I do want to add a, a disclaimer here. Mostly, they get zone coverage. That's what the Rams usually get in the NFL because probably the reason why would be that they have such a good run game and it's tough to really commit the defensive backs to their playmakers because they need to support the run, right? So that comes with a little bit of a disclaimer there, but I do want to make the point that wide receivers for the Rams suffer quite the drop-off when you compare zone versus man performance right there and the thing is the Cowboys happen to be the number one team in the NFL in man coverage rate no one plays as much man coverage as the Cowboys and it's about a 50-50 split because Dan Queen has always been willing to play man coverage since he became the Cowboys defensive coordinator and that hasn't stopped ever since he lost Trevon Diggs to season-ending injury Dayron Bland Stephon Gilmore are still out there playing a lot of man coverage. So it's something to note. It is something to consider 
And it gets even better. And this is what I'll say. In the meantime, though, I want to toss out this question to the chat. From 1 to 10, how confident are you in the Cowboys shutting down Cooper Cup and Pukanakwa? Let me know in the chat. From 1 to 10, how confident are you in that matchup? One thing that I will add, Bland and Gilmore are one of the best cornerback duos in the entire league. Hear me out. Completion rate allowed. Stephon Gilmore is the 11th best corner in the league. Dayron Bland is the 12th best corner in the league. If you look at NFL passer rating allowed, Dayron Bland is the fourth best cornerback in the NFL. Trevon Diggs is still included in these rankings. So if you wouldn't include Trevon Diggs, you could even say that he's the third best cornerback in the in the NFL in terms of passer rating allowed. And Stephon Gilmore, a little bit lower, but still very good, 21st in the league in passer rating allowed. To provide some context, this is out of 126 cornerbacks. So pretty solid outside uh, group of corners for the Cowboys. And I know that Cooper will obviously be working. Cooper Cup will be working from the slot a whole lot of snaps. Puka has been focusing more on the outside since Cooper Cup returned from what we've seen on video. But still, it matters when you can potentially take away what they do on the outside. And the Rams are going to do all sorts, sorts of creative stuff to scheme these guys open. So let's, let's, do, let's admit to that. I'll say that is important. Toxic Tom says, Mo, I take it this also has a correlation to Matthew Stafford's turnovers. Toxic, I'm not going to lie. I didn't catch that comment when you tossed it in. So I do have to ask what specifically? Like what has a Matthew Stafford's turnovers so I don't fail you in my answer? Now from 1 to 10, let's see. Catherine says 8. Ronnie says 7. Gregory goes with 6. Brett goes with 7. And the question for those of you who missed it was from 1 to 10, how confident are you in the Cowboys playing the the Rams and the and slowing down the wide receivers. Ines is eight. I'm gonna go with a little bit of a lower answer here. I'm gonna go with a seven. And I know Ronnie and Brett already threw a seven in there. I think that's the way to go. Maybe closer to a six. Uh listen, credit where credit is due. Cooper Cup and Pukunaku are playing some high caliber football. But the reason why I'm going to go, let's call it a 6.5 to be super precise tonight. Uh, the reason is I give them enough respect to where e even if they're facing one of the best secondaries in football, I would trust Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua to make some plays. But the thing is, the Cowboys happen to have one of the best pass rushes in the entire NFL. More on that later. But I, I just think... Bland and Gilmore are being slightly underrated, and the style of play that the Cowboys use, defensively speaking, favors them versus the Rams, based on what we saw versus man. Uh, the graphic, the man versus zones is Toxic Tom. Okay, so Toxic asked, does the drop-off between zone coverage and man coverage for these wide receivers does it have correlation 
to Matthew Stafford's turnovers. I would need to double check that because I'm not entirely sure what Matthew's numbers are versus man coverage as opposed to versus zone coverage. But I'll say I don't think that they will have a lot of correlation with this particular stat because this is just yards per route run. So if it was PFF grade, for example, or EPA, maybe the turnovers would have a very heavy weight. But since it's just yards per route run, basically an incompletion would be the same as an interception, if that makes sense. So I don't know that that's the reason why they would rank so low. Uh, I'm not entirely sure if that's what you meant, though, Toxic. So I did my best there to answer your question. Let's see here, though. Al says that Cousins might happen. Never know when he's not going to play well. You know, the ironic part of those sort of comments, in my opinion, Al, is that Matthew Stafford is low-key. <laughs> he is 100% a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. The question is if he's top 10, too. <laughs> like, that's what I would put into question. Uh, but yeah, the Dak Cousins jokes are, are a classic. Let's see here. Talk success. If you take away Stafford's best options, uh, does it increase the chances of turnovers? That's all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think you're onto something there. I, I I absolutely understand now. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, I do want to say this. The Cowboys can slow down the Rams, not just because of this particular matchup where you can trust the defensive backs to slow down Cooper Cup and Pukanakwa, but you're going to get pressure versus this offensive line, and you're going to get pressure versus Matthew Stafford. Ironically, as I say that, I need to admit that the Rams are have allowed the 20th highest pressure rate. So that's a pretty good way to be uh, that's a pretty good spot to be in. You're not allowing a whole lot of pressure as opposed to other QBs and other offenses. However, 3.2 that is the percentage of completed passes that Matthew Stafford has when pressured, 39.2%. In other words, he's not doing a whole lot when he is pressured. Now you look at passer rating, 26th in the NFL. I will say, though, that when you look at the tape and when you look at some of the more detailed numbers, you can see that that offensive line can be had. With a unit like the Cowboys, Like let's, let's all admit the Cowboys are still one of the best pass rushing teams in the entire league. Left tackle, one of the highest responsibility grades for any left tackle in the NFL in terms of the pressures that the Rams have allowed, meaning that proportionately, he's the guy to blame when it comes to the Rams' pressures over on the blind side of Matthew Stafford. Left guard, though, ranks in the top 10 in the NFL too, so also a weak spot for them. Fifth, for center for the center position. So that means, you know, one of the most of the pressures that the Rams allow also come through the center. And you know that the Cowboys can get creative to really exploit those A gap weaknesses that offenses can show. So I just expect the Cowboys to really tee off on Matthew Stafford and get after him in this game, similar to what happened last year. Now, last year was a little bit more of an exaggeration because the Rams offensive line was also pretty banked up. I think they're healthier this year, but the Cowboys can definitely pressure Matthew Stafford. Now, all that being said, 
got to give some love to Matthew Stafford because to be honest, he's been playing some very good football this year. I know that we like to talk about the interceptions and everything, but Matthew Stafford has the fifth lowest turnover worthy percentage of plays. Now, that is more or less side to side with him because he is the sixth lowest turnover worthy rate in the NFL. But where Stafford has been slightly better than Dak, and I'll give him that credit here, is that Stafford has thrown more big-time throws. He is third best in big-time throws percentage-wise in the NFL, while Dak is 16th. Doesn't necessarily mean that Dak cannot pull off the big-time throws, but I think it might have to do with the way that the offense is built, where you're seeing quick game passing pretty much all day long when the Cowboys play. Hopefully that changes a little bit as the season goes on. But want to give some credit to Matthew Stafford. He's making some plays this year to the point where when you get into these situations where you want to think, how can the Cowboys lose this game? I think it's Matthew Stafford making big plays in third down because that's what happened when the Rams were out there winning games that they weren't supposed to win. For example, the Seahawks game early in the year, we thought the Rams were not going to be up for that test. They were because Matthew Stafford was locked in in third down. The Cowboys, though, when you get those pass rushers in obvious passing situations and they can pin their ears back and just get after the QB, they're usually not being stopped. There was these mind-blowing graphic that was put together. I'm sorry, but I don't remember the name right now. I think it was Arjun Menon who did it on Twitter. If it isn't, I'm sorry. I, I will apologize, but I think it was him where they put together a, a, a graph showing, a table showing the highest pressure rates in the entire league based on specific player combinations. The Cowboys ranked number one in that list with the combination of Michael Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, Dorrance Armstrong, and Danta Fowler, otherwise known as the Cowboys NASCAR front when they use four defensive ends to get after the quarterback. They pressure the quarterback in 90% of the reps that they go ahead and use that combination. Nine out of 10 times, they get that pressure in. And that is the package that you will see every time that the opposing offense is on third and 10 or third and 11 or third and eight. That is what you're going to get. And that's what you're going to get versus the Rams as well if they force Matthew Stafford and company to those sorts of situations. Now, to do that, to get into those spots and to play man coverage versus the Rams, you do need to be solid against the run, which might be where the game could get a little bit complicated because the Cowboys have had their struggles here and there with missed assignments. They've also had their very good moments. Sean McVay, though, you already know him. There's going to be motion. There's going to be some eye candy. There's going to be some horizontal stress on the defense. So that's where it's going to get pretty interesting to me. Ultimately, though, I do think that the Cowboys shut them down offensively at least 
when they get the lead in this game or if they get the lead. That would be my expectation. But it's going to be a fun game to monitor as it develops because I think it will be about those third and long. I think uh, third and long situations, I think that's where the money is going to be when the game is played on Sunday. That might sound pretty obvious, but I mean it specifically as in Matthew Stafford playing good football in third down. He can bring down any team in the NFL, in my opinion. That's the caliber of football he's playing right now. Gregory says Stafford is a late game quarterback. He will be he will be at you late in the game. Yeah, I, I do think Stafford is underrated, man. I do think Stafford is one of those QBs that because he never had early playoff success in his career, people just wrote him off. But I mean, we've already seen him play in the Super Bowl and win it, actually. And making some plays, by the way, at the same time. Let's see here. A lot of comments right now. Thank you so much for being here on tonight's show. Uh, let's see. Mark Aaron says, good news. Some no-name will probably go for 222. I think that you are talking about the run game there a little bit. Yeah. The run. Yeah, I see your question now. Yeah, the running game for the Rams has not been the same as before. But they can get going in any game, in my opinion. They definitely can. They did suffer some injuries, though, at running back, which definitely contributed to that. But it's going to be uh, a challenge for the Cowboys because you're going to have to stop them with light boxes if you want to if you want to be able to really play man coverage in this game, in my opinion. Now, some good news for the Cowboys. Some good news for the Cowboys is the fact that their injury report looks very clean. We're going to get to that in a little bit here. But lastly, last comment that I want to make is watch out for the personnel in this game. I was listening to the Athletic Football Show earlier today, and Nate Tice, who in my opinion is one of the best out there putting together football analysis every week, he was talking about the Rams-Steelers game. And I don't know if you guys saw that play on the highlights or whatever, but TJ Watt picked off Matthew Stafford playing nickel. Like he was playing the nickel position essentially, and he picked off Matthew Stafford, reading him all the way. And Nate Ties put every piece together in a masterful way where he noted that the Steelers were playing base personnel when the Rams got Asgard in. That's the fullback slash wide receiver with a very difficult last name to pronounce. So they call him Asgard, even like I think jokingly. But when he enters the game, the Steelers go in base personnel. So they're not using three cornerbacks, in other words. But when Tutu Adwell enters the game, then they go to nickel. So I'm very excited to see how the Cowboys match up versus the Rams when it's Atwell versus when it's Asgard in there, because we know about the big nickel packages. This is one game where we could see the three safeties leave the field very few times, unless Tutu Atwell is on the field. There you would have a third cornerback in there, and the Cowboys would probably play their usual nickel package. But how they match up and the way that the Cowboys deploy their defensive backs 
is going to be something to watch in this game. I don't think they'll shadow Cooper Cup. I don't think they'll do any of that. They'll just do what they do. But something to watch in this game. That's going to be so fun to see. Anyways, before we get out of here, ladies and gentlemen, some good news. What is one word to describe the injury report of this week? Because, ladies and gentlemen, you're looking at it. That is it. That is the injury report entering week eight. What is one word to describe it? Let me know in the chat. I'm going to read it for the podcast audience, though. Here is the long injury report. You get Juan J. Thomas listed with a hamstring injury. That's the reason why he didn't play versus the L.A. Chargers on Monday Night Football. He practiced fully on Wednesday. That's the end of the list. Oh, man, that's a beautiful sighting. That's the word that I'm going with. I'm just going with beautiful. There's just one name in there, and he practiced fully. Toxic says Mirage. <laughs> man. Katharina says awesome. Peter Riso says non-existent. I love it. No, not a lot of injuries so far to be worried about. And I know that we don't want to jinx anything. But right now, the Cowboys are very healthy entering week eight. Something to add, though, is that the Cowboys do have Leighton Van Der Esch on injury reserve. So that is something to note. This might be the game where we see Rashawn Evans play finally. And hey, you need him versus the Rams, by the way. We're talking about the horizontal stretch. We're talking about all of that. Rashawn Evans might be a big key to the game this time because you're going to need your linebackers to be on point. Question will be, where does he fit in in the Cowboys' defensive plans following a game where Marquise Bell really stepped up to the plate and you saw him and Damon Clark do a pretty decent job. So really looking forward to seeing where Sean Evans fits in this whole conversation. We've talked about the size and everything, but yeah, it's going to be fun. Ladies and gentlemen, somewhat of a short show tonight. Uh, before we get out of here, another important news to note. During this halftime, the Cowboys will induct the Marcus Ware to the ring of honor. He will be the 23rd inductee in Cowboys ring of honor history. And yeah, when the news came through, I complained a lot because I was thinking about the I was thinking about the Jimmy Johnson stuff, and that is pretty disappointing still. However, man, on Sunday, I'll enjoy watching the Marcus Ware go up in the ring of honor. After all, he deserves to be in there. And even though Jimmy Johnson should be in there, at least we can enjoy for now, for this week, for this Sunday, the fact that D. Ware is going to be up there. And man, a real Cowboys legend. And beyond the stats that you already know about, you know about the 100 sacks, you know all about that. Man, the Marcus Ware is one of the, my first Cowboy favorite players, right? That's that's just something that we all kind of agree on. The Marcus Ware for his era is one of the most dominant players that we've seen in Dallas in the post Super Bowl days. I don't think that we've gotten a lot of dominant seasons like his. Like if you talk about single seasons and you talk about the time that he led the NFL in sacks and everything. I don't know which other year has been more dominant than that. 
for for the word. Like not even Micah's first few seasons numerically, maybe, when he hasn't even gotten to win defensive player of the year, if that makes sense. Whereas DeMarcus Ware had those years where, you know, came close to winning defensive player of the year, by the way, second in voting in 2008. That's when he had 20 sacks, 27 tackles for a loss. Who won the defensive player of the year that year? Let's try to find it here very quickly. James Harrison with 20, with 16 sacks. Oh, and an interception. Did he get, who was the rightful winner of that uh, defensive player of the year season? I, I, I would like to see the advanced stats on there because the Marcus Ward did have 20 sacks, y'all, and 27 tackles for a loss. So I'm just saying, obviously, though, that was one of the most dominant Cowboys seasons. I would put Des Bryant's 2014 season up there, too. I know that Des Bryant is probably not as uh, a big of a legend as D-Ware is or as what Micah can end up being. But that 2014 season by itself, that was an insane year. 16 touchdowns for Des Bryant and everything. Let's see here. D worries Jerry's favorite. Jimmy Johnson is not his guru. Yeah, that it's it's tough that it has that stain. It's not fair to anybody, honestly. Mark says, let's not trade him a year too soon. We just release our guys. <laughs> I'm I think you're talking about Micah there. I'm not getting to go to the World Series on Friday. I'm gonna be honest there. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight. I appreciate you joining the stream, and I'll see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. We have a preview show coming where we're going to talk about our favorite bet of the week, some of our favorite matchups to follow, and much more. So make sure you join the show on Thursday night. You're talking about DeMarcus Ware, of course. All right, that makes a whole lot of sense. Thank you so much, everybody. And I'll see you el día de mañana. Muchísimas gracias. Bye-bye.